What is up, everybody? Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of The Sheehan Show for Sherdog.com. And today, the card I'm looking at is Eagle FC 46. And uh, the last couple of Eagle FC cards uh, I've looked at in preview and actually talked after them as well. Uh, and this one is obviously uh, a new one, a very different one, I would say, to the other cards. And obviously in very uh, different circumstances as well. I'm just going to do kind of a short preview today and look at the... Uh, look at the fights and look at some of the fighters, obviously, on this card as well. I have to start it off, though. Obviously, this is uh, a Russian-owned promotion with Habib Nurmagomedov as the figurehead. Like, does Habib Nurmagomedov, Habib Nurmagomedov I went mean, full Joe Rogan there, uh, own this? Is he the, all the money behind it? I, I don't think he is. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe there's a there's a couple of things out there that this is obviously being backed by, you know, money from Russia. If it's Habib or someone else, obviously, you know, Habib's manager, Ali Abdelaziz, was at the last card. You know, we've seen his ties to Russia and different things. Um, and it's one of those cards that, because it is kind of uh, ran by Russians and from uh, you know, a Russian promotion that started off in Russia, now in Florida, it's obviously not going to have any um, um, problems going ahead or anything like that, where as if it was maybe ran by America or someone in uh, in America by an American promotion. If it was kind of an American promotion that was used to be a Russian promotion and loads of other Russian fighters, maybe there would be some calls for some of the fighters not to be on it or for the card not to go ahead or whatever it might be. Now, I'm not going to here and give you a speech about politics or, or give my maybe opinions on it or anything, Apart from saying, obviously, what's going on in over in uh, Ukraine is absolutely horrendous, um, and uh, you know, I think we all agree on on the the kind of the uh, the actual politics or the war part of it itself. I think everyone's in agreement there. The sporting part of it is the the the, the, the uh, kind of thing I'm talking about here today, and the thing that I'm not sure about, to be honest. Like I was thinking about it. Obviously, I put a lot of thought into this and what I would say, and honestly, I don't know. I don't know, like. I saw in Formula One, uh, Mazepan, the Russian driver, has been let go by his team and won't be driving. Uh, I think KSW um, in in MMA itself have stopped the Russian fighter fighting. Uh, I know I'm here in Ireland, and our um, our international soccer team have refused to play against Russia. I know the IMAF championships that are coming up, the Super Cup thing. Uh, Russia has been banned from that. So we're in a world right now where. Russian individuals and teams are being banned from things. So I had to start off this preview with that. Like that is the backbone behind all this or the back background issue, I suppose, or maybe the foreground issue behind all of these. And if you're not watching this card or you think, you know, that, you know, Russian people and, uh, uh, you know, promotions and everything should be banned until there's some sort of resolution... I can't, I can't disagree with you. And I know there is a, uh, a school of thought as well there that, like, a lot of these Russian people disagree with it. And why should they be uh, penalised for the acts of someone else? And, you know, it's hard to disagree with that as well in, in a lot of different ways. So I don't know the answer. That's that's it. Like, I could come on here and I could give my opinion. And honestly, I don't even know my opinion wholeheartedly on the sporting side of it. I really don't know. So, but... I, I think I, I started this and I wanted to say that because you should. I think people should think about that. Make up their own minds. If you don't want to watch this card, if you don't want to support this event, even if you don't want to watch this video, no problem at all. Um, 
but I think we need to think about that at this stage. And, you know, people are always saying separate sports and politics. We can't do that, right? I'm going to separate it here and obviously the, the next three quarters of this video and talk about the fighters coming up because a lot of these fighters, you know, they, they deserve the, the respect and they deserve to be talked about and they deserve to have their fights talked about. Um, but I have to start it with that. And just to, to kind of say people need to kind of, you know, smarter people about, than me need to talk about this and need to discuss what needs to happen. And look, hopefully it can all in very, very soon and we, we will not even need to, to have this as a discussion. But I had to kind of kick it off with that and, uh, you know, and, and, and take it from there. So let's look at the cards uh, all in all. It's going down on March 11th uh, this weekend over in the FLX Cast Arena. It was on that FLX Casting last time, which uh, was, is some sort of app I got it here on the, their website. Uh, I don't think it's available in Ireland, but uh, the, the actual app. But it worked brilliantly. I cast it to my TV and it was absolutely fantastic usually even on fight pass or any of the apps they don't work very well but this worked absolutely fantastically uh, in the main event it's kevin lee versus diego sanchez which we will get to in a second but i want to run through uh, some of uh, the undercard and some of the names that maybe stick out to me uh, so the uh, there's a middleweight bout between emmanuel wallow and Ryder newman starting off the card um and then after that there's a couple of fights that maybe don't have that many standout names uh kairaka urugui and Sitik mudaev didn't uh, in the featherweight division in at welterweight thomas webb versus uh, tyler ray uh but there's a light heavyweight fight honey marks who's obviously been around for a long time uh, he's fighting there against reggie pina uh that should be uh, interesting they're doing this 165 pound division as well and they have some prospects fighting here the four and one dylan manteo uh, against archie um uh, Archie Colgan um, that Dylan uh, Mantello he um, he fought under uh, did he fight in the last card no he didn't fight in the last card sorry I'm thinking of someone else but yeah it's, it'll be interesting to see uh, that one now and, and, and how that goes at 165 pound division because that's something that separates them from other places you know um, it, it is you know I've always said it about Bellator. They had they signed loads of like heavyweights slash light heavyweights, and there were some heavyweights fighting a light heavyweight. And I always thought like, why aren't these uh, guys fighting a cruiserweight? Why didn't they make a cruiserweight division? It would have been different to what the UFC has. It would have been you know something very very uh, new that would separate them. And they never did it, and I never really understood it. Um, and when you look at uh, Eagle FC doing this and having a 165 pound division that other places are not having I think that's very very smart um, and you know you can call them the best 165 pounder in the world now it might be true or whatever but you can say that and I, I think it's a, it's a you know an intelligent thing uh, that they're are, uh, that they're doing uh, further up the card in Erwin Rivera at the Bantamweight division he's fighting uh, Firdas uh, Kasanov and in an interesting fight so in the last card they had a few guys like, like this as well but in the Sean Burrell is on this card. You know, everyone knows him now. He's had, what, 30-odd fights uh, throughout his career, you know, fighting in... He's gone over to ACB, but he started off in... Uh, uh, you know, he's f had a few fights in, in the UFC, fighting Wander by Thompson, fought Koreshkov and Michael Vinnan Page in Bellator. And, you know, obviously back in the day as well, he fought uh, he had a couple of fights in, in Strikeforce and other places as well. But he's one of these guys that... 
I think he was a very good prospect coming through and lots of people thought he was going to do very well and then he had a good few losses in a row especially kind of when he went out of the UFC uh, and, and the Bellator kind of pitcher uh, but I think he's a name that people know I'm looking at his record here he's won his last four in a row won a good few fights in, in CFFC which is obviously a very good promotion over in the States you know the, the likes of Cage Warriors would be uh, I suppose the, uh, the, uh, the equivalent over here in this side of the world so it's very uh, very interesting time for Sean Burrell and he's fighting uh, Ikram uh, Alaskarov who's uh, 29 years of age he's 11 and 1 in his career now with uh, 8 finishes um you know, he's fought a good few fights in Brave. He's only lost this to Hamzad Shemaev. So, you know, <laughs> losing to Hamzad is uh, is not the, the, the worst thing in the world. So, you know, Brave, if anyone has watched Brave, and I've watched a good bit of Brave over the last few years because there's been a lot of Irish fighters uh, in it, you know Brave aren't matching lads up easily. And he's getting, you know, if he had, how many has he had? Probably 12, 13 fights in Brave. I think all fights have been Brave, actually. Apart, no, apart from the first three. So, was that? Uh, nine fights in Brave. Um, um, he's uh, he's not getting the easy matchups there, and uh, you know his last uh, even his last win against Mario Juroc, he's you know not a bad fighter, and he's eleven or twelve wins in his career as well. So you know that's a that's an interesting fight there, and looking forward to seeing uh, what Noshan Burrell kind of has um, in in the locker at this stage of his career, and if he can maybe make the move up the rankings here. In the AFC, you see what way they're pushing him, um, or see if he can get back to maybe uh, a Bellator or, or the UFC. Um, the next fight up then, Akman Dilayev against Daryl Harcher. Obviously, we know Daryl Harcher. Uh, he fought Habib Nurmagomedov back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. He did, and then had a you know he had a, a few good fights in the UFC. Ended up winning against Devin Powell, lost to the 37th President of the United States of America, Roosevelt Robertson Scott, uh, lost to Scott Holzman as well. But um, went into PFL then lost to Oban uh, Mercier. So I was looking to bounce back here. Dilayev uh, was in PFL as well. Um, he liked, lost to Like Rodzabov last time out in the summer of last year. He lost to Nathan Schultz as well. But has a win over Rashad Magomedov, uh, who's a very, very good fighter and has a lot of experience now. He's you know beaten uh, Diego Brandao, Efren Escondero back in uh, Fight Nights Global. So uh, you know that was an, another bless as well that was throwing these lads into big fights. And he's been a good fighter for a good while. Um, you know... PFL, when you get into that division, uh, it's it's not always easy to win those fights. And you know, a, a guy like him who has a lot of uh, you know very very good stand up fighter. He's he's not nicknamed the butcher for nothing. Um, and you know what is it 11 KO wins no submissions 9 decisions you know when you have a fighter like that you know what you're kind of getting there I suppose and um, it's been a while since he's had a, a knockout all the way back in 2019 so I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll be looking one f- for one here and Darren Harcher is not an easy guy to knock out but uh, that should be a that should be a fun fight one fight that really stands out to me actually uh, I'll, I'll just mention uh, Hannison Ferreira versus Zach uh, Juloska is a 165 pound fight as well obviously in that division but but a welterweight fight that really sticks out to me here, uh, Impa Kasanganai, who obviously fought in the UFC, what is it, in September of last year, so not that long ago against Carlton Harris. Obviously, he was on the wrong end of that massive um, 
a vaulted spinning wheel kick KO from Jackie Buckley. But, you know, he also beat Sasha Palnikov, Mackie Patolo as well in the UFC, won a couple of fights in Dana White's contender series. So he's a pretty good fighter, and he's fighting Raymond uh, Magomedliev. And we've seen a, a couple of these Magomedliev fighting recently, and they're all very, very good. He fought in the last card that uh, I uh, I previewed and reviewed as well. He beat Anthony Njikawani, and if anyone has watched that, you'll know how good he is. A very, very good fighter. He had a few fights in one championship as well. Uh, on the lead up to that, fought in AEFN, fought in FNG. So that's uh, a high-level fight there. And uh, Kasang and I will be looking to rebound. Uh, but Magomedliev is a, a very, very good fighter. Hits hard, is good on the ground, is good everywhere. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, on that card. Uh, and then we get to the top three fights uh, on the night. Um there's a title fight. I'll get to that one first. It's for the the heavyweight title allegedly. According to Sherdog here, and I hope I hope you're right, lads. If the editor's watching it, um, Rizan Kuniev versus Anthony Hamilton. I went back and I watched a few of their fights. Actually, handily enough. Um, uh, Kuniev fought a few times in Dana White's Contender Series and obviously Anthony Hamilton has fought a good few times in the UFC so they're easy enough to find their fights in, on Fight Pass which is it's not always easy to find uh, find fights for, for some of these lads but uh, Kuniev he's one of these guys you look at him right and he doesn't look like much of a striker uh, but then he, he hits so hard like when he when he hits you he or you, you stay hit, you know, and maybe that happens a lot at the heavyweight division, but there's no airs or graces about him, he just comes forward, lands his shots, you know, when he gets you in the clinch as well, obviously he's very good wrestling and good to take the, uh, you know, if, if he is given a chance to take the fight to the ground, he absolutely will, and he's very, very good there, um, you know, six finishes in those, uh, uh, in those ten wins, five of them via KO, you know, not many very big names, I suppose, on his record, lost, um, a few of his opening fights with Dario Stocic and Justin Willis as well who obviously went on to fight in the UFC but he's won what 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 or 10 in a row now at this stage um, fought on an Eagle FC card back in 2020 as I mentioned fought in Dana White Contender Series as well and got the, the finish there but um Going in there against Anthony Hamilton, to me, uh, not, not, I haven't seen all his fights, but it, it looks to me like a big kind of step up in his career. Anthony Hamilton, watching a few of his fights as well, you know, he he's a guy who will, uh, he's 41 years of age now, but he's a guy who will like, push you against the cage, try to take you down, try to big land big shots coming inside, you know, Jackson Winklejohn trained a lot with John Jones and different people like that, um, and has... You know, hasn't had the best time over the last while. Obviously, went out of the UFC on a four-fight losing streak, but he met Francis Ngannou and a few others there as well. But he has good wins over the likes of you know Damian Lenchuk, uh, Damian Grabowski, and you know he's he's won some fights back in the day. But all the all the big ones, he's kind of lost some. You know, he lost to Walt Harris, lost to uh, Todd Duffy, lost to Shamil Abdurahimov, Alexi Olenek, as I mentioned, Francis Ngannou, and he lost last time out as well in September of last year. On and the ESC 40 card. Um, so this is a big fight for him. Um, honestly, I think Kuniev will, will win this one. It'll be interesting to see the bets. Hopefully, um, hopefully they'll have some bets out for this by the time the, the betting show goes down. But yeah, I, I think Hart, or Harcher, um, Hamilton is a little bit old at this stage. I think it's going to be a tough fight for him uh, against Kuniev. But uh, yeah, not maybe not 
It's gonna be look. It's gonna be a tough battle, I think, especially if it's if it's one of those fights that gets pushed against the cage. Two strong guys who are very very strong against the cage, uh, and that'll be a tough tough battle there. But I uh, I don't see this one exactly being you know uh, T J Dillashaw versus Dominic Cruz or anything like that here. Uh, to be honest, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, the remaining two fights then, to me, the fight at night is Ray Borg versus Ricky Bandeas. Two very, very good fighters. You know, Ray Borg uh, obviously fought on, on the last card here um, that Eagle SC put on. He fought Cody Gibson in a fantastic fight. That was fight at night there, and I think this will be fight at night here as well. That was his second win in a row after winning over in uh, UAE Warriors following his release from the UFC when he lost to Ricky Simon. Ricky Bandeas as well. I think surprisingly to a lot of people was um, was let go by, by Bellator um, at the end of 2020. He's popped back and fought in Combates Global. He's went 2-1 and one there uh, in, in that promotion. He's obviously been doing kind of big things over the last while. But, you know, I, I've seen Ricky fight a few, fight a few times, obviously beat, beat a couple of Irish guys in Franz Malambo and James Gallagher. You know, you don't beat Franz Malambo unless you're a very, very good fighter. You know, Franz is, is a champion, I think, in two places now, isn't he? He's, he won the, the tournament in, in uh, Combatches Global and he won... Um, uh, is it the FEN belt as well? One of a belt over in uh, Eastern Europe, anyway. So, um, you know, Bandes is a very, very good fighter. Hits very hard. Like that fight, he was losing to Francis Malambo and came back and hit him hard and won that fight. Um, you know, Ray Borg, we, we know Ray Borg is like up at 135 pounds, which I believe this is Alameda. Yeah, it is up at 135 pounds. He struggled to make weight at 125 before, and I think he is better off at 135 pounds. Uh, I think he'd be coming in. And try to land a lot of shots and bargains are on Bandeas inside. Get a few takedowns. Get Bandeas to the ground. Um, but I think Bandeas has good takedown of his. You know, and when I say that, you know, Ray Borg won't be afraid to strike with him either. But I think he will be trying to strike uh, closer inside. Bandeas is a is a a bigger guy for that division. He's five foot seven here. Ray Borg is five foot four. So there's a big, big, uh, a big, big difference there between that size. And I'm sure to reach, there'll be a bit of a difference there as well. I think Bandeas will be trying to kind of keep him on the outside, not take too much damage and look for one of those big shots. And like, to me, this is a, a very, very good matchup. And the second I saw it, I was excited about this one. So really, really looking forward to, uh, to that one. See how it goes down. That, that's one of those fights. You know, if it was UFC, Bellator, Eagle FC, doesn't matter. That's a good fight. I think a lot of people will be uh, will be tuning in just to watch uh, that one. Um, and in the main event, um, Kevin Lee versus Diego Sanchez, two ex-UFC uh, fighters. Obviously, you know, Kevin Lee, he's kind of <sighs> flattered to deceive maybe in his career. I, I suppose that would be a fair thing to say. He's lost four of his last five, but all the good fighters, you know, Daniel Rodriguez, Charles Oliveira, Rafael Dos Anjos, and uh, Ayaquinta, but the wins either side of them, Gregor Gillespie and Edson Barboza, are very, very good. You know, his loss to Tony Ferguson as well, Michael Chiesa, uh, whereas Diego on the other side of it has, you know, funnily enough, a, a kind of a better record over the last while. Okay, he lost to Jack Matthews and Michael Chiesa, but he's beaten Mikel Pereira, beaten Mickey Gall, beaten Craig White. Um, a lot of people thought after that Matt Brown fight in 2017 where he got viciously knocked out, that that would be the end of Diego. But no, he's come back, and uh, we we've seen Diego perform relatively well. Now, Diego's older in his career at this stage. He's taken probably more damage than anyone in the history of MMA. Just turned forty there before the tour at the turn of the year, even the thirty uh, the thirty first of December is his, his his birthday, I believe. But look, Diego's fought down at one forty five. I know Lee has fought down at one fifty five, but I think the this division, the one hundred and sixty five pound division, is 
the right division for Kevin Lee. You know, a little bit too small for 170, a little bit too big for 155, and I think this is absolutely perfect for him. For Diego, I feel like a 150 division might be the perfect one for Diego. Um, I think, you know, 145 is a little bit too big for that. You know, maybe 155 is right for Diego. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. You can fight a 155 and had a great career there. Um... As for the fight itself, look, at this stage of their career, you'd have to favour Kevin Lee. He's closer to his prime. Diego has been fighting for, it It feels like, since God was a boy at this stage. So um, you'd have to favour Kevin Lee. He's wrestling. He's a better striker than Diego in terms of his his uh, technical ability and his power as well. Look, what Diego has is heart, and he's a tough guy to get out of there. And if he can keep going and keep pushing the pace against Kevin Lee, I believe this is five rounds. If I'm, I don't think they're doing or uh, three rounds. Sorry, I, I don't think they're doing five rounds. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe it's three rounds. I, I think um, I think Kevin Lee cardio is obviously an issue for him as well but I think at that weight class you would hope it'd be a little bit better because he's not carrying too much weight and not cutting too much weight so look Kevin Lee needs a big performance here let's be honest here it's a, it's a great matchup for him um, look Diego Sanchez is an, an easy fight for no one but if you're to get a big name at this stage of your career at this stage of his career you probably couldn't be asking for anyone better than Diego Sanchez if you're Kevin Lee he needs to look good he needs to finish Diego Sanchez here and he needs to put on a big performance it'll be interesting to see as well you know we start, talked about at the start of the podcast the issues with Russia and everything like that how long will this money last how long will these fighters be able to get paid these big bucks to fight on this promotion that's you know on their own streaming service uh, in front of you know 24 people down in Florida whatever it might be uh, this is might, might be a thing that lasts forever so I think if Kevin Lee goes in here, gets a big win, looks good against Diego Sanchez, you know, I'm not sure how many fights he has in a contract or if that contract would even last or whatever it might be, but the likes of Bellator might be looking at him then. They didn't want him before. The likes of UFC might even be looking at getting him back if he looks good. So it's a massive, massive fight for Kevin Lee. And, you know, for Diego, he's getting in there. Glad to see him getting more, uh, you know, another big payday, hopefully. Uh, I hope those checks clear. Um, but, um, it's going to be a tough one for Diego. It really is. Look, Diego's his best bet here is probably to tough it out, try to uh, tire Kevin Lee out, maybe get on top. Like, I think if Diego could get a takedown here and get on top, Diego's jiu-jitsu is some of the most underrated jiu-jitsu in the world. Kevin Lee, we've seen in the past, he, he's an issue with jiu-jitsu, I think. And especially, look, if Diego can get on top um, and, and, you know, force Kevin Lee into playing that game and, you know, get out of the scrambles I think especially don't turn into a wrestling match I, I think Diego Sanchez could could cause problems but I think that's the only place he can cause problems I see Kevin Lee kind of jabbing him up landing some straights down the middle hurting Diego uh, and probably end up finishing him maybe taking him down after hurting him and getting a choke or something like that but I think Kevin Lee would be better off not doing that and better off letting Diego get back up landing a few more shots and maybe finishing him that way but uh, we, we will see I suppose we will see but um, yeah it's not one of those fights I'm looking forward to I think Diego at this stage of his career he had a bad dose of the COVID as well I think I think did Kevin Lee maybe have it as well but Diego had it very very bad anyway and I really don't think that'll help him especially for a guy who kind of used cardio as a weapon that, that just can't help I don't think uh, so yeah you would obviously have to favor uh, Kevin Lee massively uh, in this in this fight but yeah I will leave it there um, hopefully I did a, an okay job of going through that and uh, talking about the, obviously the very very sensitive issues at the start as well um, let me know what you think everyone let me know um, what, what you think of this card if you'll be watching if you won't be watching who you think will win 
And how do you think the fights will go? Uh, and I will leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com. And let's see you all next time.